Welcome back to Ready For, a podcast dedicated to equipping college parents with the tools they need to have meaningful conversations with their college students. I'm Keelan Myers, an RD at Belmont University. On this podcast, we talk to guests who we think know more than us about the topic we're discussing. On this episode, you'll hear me talking to Dr. Tim Schoenfeld, a professor in the Department of Psychological Science at Belmont University, about the mindsets of students and parents alike during exam seasons at college. Dr. Schoenfeld's a really good time, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, Tim. So our students just came back from fall break. Yes. And they probably just finished midterms before that, too. Yes. Can you speak in your experience to the mindset of a student at this point in the semester and where they're about to head into? Uh, yeah, so I, I think uh, when midterm grades get released, a lot of times this can be um, either a reaffirming <laughs> of some things they already know, either good or bad, or it can be a little bit of... Uh, I think we mentioned this a little bit before, but uh, like a wake-up call to where things stand. Uh, And sometimes that means that students um, know exactly how they've been performing, uh, and then they can see the the actual letter that's associated with that, and that can be a little bit troubling. Um, And sometimes a student can be uh, relatively ignorant to some of the things that go into their grades. Um, They think they've done everything that's required, but... um, you know, they haven't been keeping themselves up to date. And so uh, right now is a lot of times from our perspective as faculty, when we get um, post midterms, post fall break, we start to get a lot of panicked emails um, asking for meetings, asking to try to figure out, uh, especially from the type A, the conscientious students, those that want to, um, you know, fix themselves, do better. Um, And we also get a lot of, honestly, people that at this point uh, realize that they can still get out of the class and they will withdraw, um, but that's a completely different uh, situation (laughs) and story. But at this point is when students are either feeling really good about their progress or honestly, they start to get a little bit panicked because they see the midterm grade. And even though, and this is one, I think, uh, you know, caveat to just kind of mention, the midterm grades usually are not even 50% Mm -hmm. of what the grade is going to be. Uh, It's usually much less. A lot of times in our classes, it can be even as small as 25 to 30% of what's going to be their final grade. And so because it's halfway through the semester, they put extra importance on what that grade is, almost as if it's a death sentence sometimes Mm -hmm. of what they can achieve and what's the the best that they can hope for. And so a lot of panicked emails or panicked meetings that we have tend to be about informing students, not just, hey, these are some ways in which you can better prepare. These are some ways that you can better engage with the material so you can learn it better. This is, these are some ways, some better practices that you can do, but also just a reality check of this is how much grade we have. This is how much grade we have left. And you really have most of the time, a lot of opportunity to pick yourself back up. Um, Maybe not to get the top grade that you're looking for, but at least to avoid um, what, you know, the student might consider to be a a traumatic situation of a grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I think something that is a little bit of adjustment for students is they go from, uh, a lot of them are coming from high school before this where they, you know, they may even know their their teacher outside of class or anything they get here you all have office hours Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know the first time you're interacting with them outside of class is because after that midterm 
have I done well? Have I done poorly? And you mentioned a little bit of that, like, teaching side of that. You know, you, you get to have, like, the interpersonal relationships. And I think students can get lost in, like, well, my professor's just giving me a grade. But having been on a trip with you before, mm-hmm. I've, I've actually seen, like, you have a heart for students that goes beyond that. So that's really cool. Um, I think one thing is once students start to see this ball go down here, they start to see it rolling downhill towards the finish line. So they want to talk to their parents about sure. this. What advice would you give parents to their students, both the ones who have excited grades, they're excited about where mm-hmm. things are going, but also those who are struggling? What would you tell parents of the best advice they could give? Uh, so I think I think twofold. One thing that parents can really uh, hit home for students is uh, to be supportive and not supply extra pressure. I think the students themselves, by and large, there are some exceptions, uh, but the students themselves will feel the pressure because they know that the grade that they're going to get is going to help them get into the the career field that they want to get into or the graduate school that they want to pursue or whatever that may be. And so they understand the importance of grades. Um, And so they're already probably relatively panicked or anxious about it. And so um, on top of that, the parental relationship has a has it just a degree of panic associated with indentation, not wanting to let your parents down, not wanting to hear disapproval, not wanting to be, um, you know, the disappointment, um, even if it's just for one class for one semester. And so I think one really important thing uh, for just that relationship is to um, be encouraging and be supportive, um, offer good advice, but not to um, not to try not to add to the anxiety or to the panic of the student, because most likely they're already feeling as terrible about their grade situation. Now, on the caveat where you have a student who is, okay, cool, (laughs) I have a D, no big worries, um, that may need a little bit extra of a push, that might be a different situation, but I think for a lot of our type A students, they, they avoid sometimes those conversations with parents because they don't need the extra stress and they're worried that it's gonna be an extra stressor. And the second thing is, I always tell even my advisees, when they have questions about grades, because we receive grade reports for um, especially our new freshmen that are not doing as well in mm-hmm. their in their classes, I always recommend um, uh, the faculty here care about students, and you alluded to this a little bit. Um, we do care about their success, uh, and so the best thing that a student can do is actually go talk to a professor about that class. And sometimes that's the scariest thing for a student to do. Uh, and so some of that is just the, the power dynamic that students perceive in a faculty-student uh, relationship. Sometimes when the faculty are younger, it's easier. Sometimes when they're older, they're not as easy. But either way, um, students tend to uh, not act or not pursue office hours, not pursue faculty during those times, uh, just because they, they don't want to have those interactions. They're, they're scared that um, almost like they're disappointing the faculty. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten an email where a student has apologized to me about performance on a test, which is always the strangest thing for me to receive because, <laughs> you know, like they're, I care about their success, mm-hmm. but I'm also not, I'm not the hawk looking over them right. being like, did you get the A? Did you study enough? Did you, did you get there? Like, I don't have the parental relationship, and I think sometimes students will, 
kind of put that kind of parental figure onto their professors mm-hmm. and it's like they've disappointed them too in addition to other people so um students have this fear about going to see uh, professors in their office hours and so sometimes they'll talk to other faculty or other friends or other people about their situation but you know, even if I had an advisee that I say, hey, it, it seems you're not doing too well in this English class, like what's going on there? And, you know, oftentimes they don't really know and they don't want to go talk to the faculty advisor, you know, the, the professor that teaches that course, but they're also going to be the ones who know the best mm-hmm. about what they need to do. Um, I can't help a student do better in organic chemistry. It's mm-hmm. not going to work out well because I can remember taking organic chemistry however many years ago, but even if I remembered it like it was last semester, I'm not that professor. I don't know how they teach what is the best area of success. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, by and large, faculty are there to try to help students, especially when those students show an initiative that they want to do better, that they care about improving their, their performance. And again, it's, you know, and this this may sound somewhat, I guess, pedantic, but, you know, students care a lot about their grades, and probably the stereotype that is relatively true is that faculty don't necessarily care that the student is getting a certain grade, but we care that they're learning, and we just know that good learning practices get better grades anyway, so it's kind of a win-win situation at the end of the day. So I think that when students can go talk to their faculty um, for the classes that they're struggling with, um, the faculty will know what are best practices to to seek towards, and that should only help in terms of getting um, grades. Um, that's my long-winded yeah. way of yeah. saying yeah, I do this So you're telling me, because you, like many of your faculty members, have a child of your own. Yes. You're not looking to practice your your conversations that you're going to have in years to come about. I'm not mad, I'm just a <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, as they, as we start reaching this finals period sure. and everything, everything starts coming that way, is there, uh, for some of our students, I know you mentioned freshmen, this may be the first time that they're going to take a final where mm-hmm. it feels like this is, this is it. My grade could drop a letter grade or more based off of one exam. How do you counsel students? students through that or what would you tell them as well as any additional advice that you may tell parents and and you just hit on the parent aspect but what what does that feel like to be in that situation for them I think that it feels like just how you mentioned that everything is riding on this one test performance whether that's you know writing an essay in class or having to turn in a final paper or an actual Uh, exam that they have to take uh, during the finals period. And I think a lot of times the pressure gets built up exactly in the way that you're saying um, that students will come into finals uh, essentially assuming that, you know, this is the make or break moment. I can either keep the grade I'm excited about or um, I can drop. Or on the flip side, this is my chance to redeem myself a little bit or put myself in the situation where I'm not really happy with. Uh, and so I think the stress is really high during finals. I think you see that. We have students in our uh, departmental area that, that hang out. You can, you can hear the stress in their voice when they talk about the number of hours they're spending, um, you know, the studying that they're trying to put in. Uh, and so it's certainly the end of the semester has that kind of whirlwind feeling to it. Um, and I think the pressure just tends to 
uh, magnify socially too. I think students talk to each other about the situations that they're in. Everyone's in the same boat, so it almost kind of has this this heightened sense of uh, you know stress and anxiety because you know everyone's kind of feeding each other's fears yeah. about classes <laughs> and about knowing or not knowing something, and so uh, that's certainly I think the headspace that a lot of students can find themselves in. Some are very good at coping with those stressors. Some are not great at coping with those stressors, and they can really feel the burden of it. Um, but that's what I think students are, are feeling in those moments. And so when I have students that come to me asking about you know, preparation, uh, one of the things, and it's, it's hard when it's last minute, but one of the things I, I try to impart about students from our point of view is that you know, learning is a long game, right? And... Um, we can teach best practices of studying uh, about how beneficial it is to study along the way and not save everything to the end, not try to cram everything into this final exam, especially when you have multiple finals on the same day. You're going to confuse information. You're not going to have just enough brain power mm-hmm. to fit everything in, to spit it back out. Um, a lot of times that's not possible because by the time we hear from students it's kind of you know the rubber is meeting the road (laughs) I get emails of students with questions about material at 10 p.m. when the (laughs) final is 8 a.m. the next day not really understanding why they think I would be responding to them at midnight (laughs) or something like that Um, but uh, yeah it's it's tough because by the time you hear from students a lot of times when they are stressed out about something the best advice that I can give is about, you know, study habits, but they've already sometimes passed the point where those study habits are best utilized. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it becomes about a little bit about survival, I mm-hmm. think, and just, you know, doing as much work as you can, um, staying as goal-minded as you can so that uh, you can you can get to the finish line. And, you know, and as we we'll always say, and this is the, the age-old adage, that a good night of sleep does wonders for test performance. Mm. And students will think time and time again that the more that they can cram into a study session, staying up as late as possible, it's going to be beneficial to them. However, uh, we know two things, and this is my psychology brain turning on, right? Is that one is that uh, sleep helps consolidate memories. And so when you are sleep deprived, all of the information that you're cramming in is poorly accessible. Uh, and even if you take less time to study, but more time to sleep, uh, you actually take the things that you did study and you just, you can remember it better because it's more accessible in terms of how the brain has processed it. And the second thing is just a sleep deprived brain is a poorly efficient brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it is going to be tired. It's not going to have as much attention and focus. Um, and caffeine can only do so much <laughs> in the mornings <laughs> to counteract some of those things. So, um, you know, students will feel that they have to spend every waking hour, uh, you know, preparing uh, for those exams. And then they they put themselves in situations where their brains and their bodies are not well accustomed to take that information out. And even if they they knew it, you know, at 2 a.m., at this point, their brains are so exhausted Mm -hmm. that to get that information out finds really, really, uh, you know, finds there tends to be just really tough to come by. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, you just you hit on something, uh, and maybe this is maybe this is the last thing we'll get to. But this piece yeah. of sleep, it feels like in our college students now there is almost a glorification of not getting sleep, mm-hmm. uh, whether it comes in the form of studying or I'm so busy because I'm in various student orgs or uh, just things like that. Our students almost 
see it's socially acceptable to get less sleep mm-hmm. because they've been working so hard for it. Um, I, I just, I don't know, I really appreciate you saying that because we get into we get into this mindset, and I think it's, it's beyond our students, but in just kind of our society, the less sleep means you're working harder and you're going further. But, but sometimes the opposite is actually the, the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Tim, I really appreciate you uh, jumping on the podcast with us. No worries. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Ready For. We really hope you enjoyed the content. If you have any feedback that you'd like to give us, we'd love to hear from you. All you have to do is email readyforpodcast at belmont.edu. Again, Ready For is a podcast with the goal of delivering helpful and quality content to equip college parents for meaningful conversations with their college students. Thank you again for listening. On behalf of the Ready For team, I'm Keelan Myers.